is Midnight Alchemy with your alchemists, Jason Allen and Holly Jordan. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you are. This is Midnight Alchemy, and I am only one of your alchemists, 50% of all alchemists. The next alchemist is Holly Jordan. Hello, Holly. Hey, Jason, we're back. Yay! Yeah, we are back. And I, oh man, I am so excited uh, because not only does the man have the best name in North America, I'm just throwing it right there. It's man law, it's there. Yep. Right? But he has some fa- fantabulous uh, uh, stories and experiences to tell us, right? So I, I am excited. Let, let us introduce now, because this is just like Christmas morning. Uh, let's that. introduce our guest, Johnny Ketchup. Hello. Yay. I, I want to do this. Hello. Hello. Mr. Ketchup. <laughs> Wonderful. Hello, Jason. Hello, Holly. Hello, everybody out there that's got uh, a mind that works different than others. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm just, uh, I'm just flabbergasted to be part of this. Nice. And we are, we, yeah, we are a tickled pink to have you with us too. Uh, when Holly uh, said, "Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah," we got, we got Johnny Ketchup, and I said, "Oh, that's great." And he said, she said, okay, uh, she wants to talk about this. And, you know, when I hear stuff, I, the antenna goes, you know, and I'm, uh-huh. I'm ready to go. So, Johnny, why don't you give everyone just a quick introduction of who you are, you know, and then we'll get right into the meat of the conversation. That's wonderful, Jason. Hello, folks out, out there. Uh, hey, um, I am Johnny Ketchup. Um I am the front man of the world's greatest punk rock band. We're called the Quits. Uh, we do loud, crazy, wild punk rock music, and we tour all over the country doing so. Uh, I just I just have a good time in life, and I'm just here to share some of the stories with you. Awesome. Cool. Fantastic. Now, let's, uh, one of my favorite subjects is uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, because, you know, living in Oregon is kind of, in Oregon and Washington, it's kind of a hotbed. Right. And so yeah. uh, I'd like you to tell us uh, your Sasquatch story because I can't wait. All right. Let me just hop right in. And this is an interesting story. Uh, you know, my dad was a he was not only a, um, a musician himself, but he is also a truck driver. And uh, one time he had invited me along as in my mid 20s and we made a run down to California pulling down into deep California all the way back we stopped at a rest stop so so dad could rest and I wasn't tired so I got out and I took a walk and this is somewhere in northern California I don't recall exactly where it was I have a feeling it was somewhere around Shasta um you know the northern California with beautiful forests what have you well dad was dad was uh napping and I went for a little walk in the woods I like the woods. I like the woods a lot. I'm accustomed to the woods. I, I am a bow hunter. I, I, I live at the south slope of the Trask mountain range. I, I'm literally three blocks from the south slope of the, of the Trask mountain range. Wow. I walk from my home to elk hunt. Oh, that's okay? awesome. Uh, so I, I'm comfortable in the woods, and I know the sounds of, I know the smells of, I know the feeling of. Sometimes folks get a feeling you get a feeling inside of yourself when you know something is a mist right. something is 
different. Something is going on. I've experienced it before. I was on a mountain with my youngest son, Devo. That's right. Not only is my name Johnny Ketchup, but my son's name is all caps D-E-V-O, Devo. I think think (laughs) that you uh, should be allowed to name everything and everyone from this point on. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent, excellent. So uh, so let me just jump back on that feeling. You get that feeling where your, your hair is standing on end and you just know, you just know. And we were up on top of this mountain, Devo and I, we were bow hunting and we both just looked at each other and said, do you feel that? What is that? And we knew there was a predator looking at us. We knew there was a predator that could take us down. It was either a bear or a cougar and they were stalking us. We didn't see it, but we got off the mountain. We just knew it. And I didn't want to have to defend my child with nothing but a sharp stick. Cause right. that's all an arrow is a sharp stick. Okay. So that feeling I've experienced it many times and, so there I was in Northern California walking through the woods and I felt that and it got really quiet. The entire woods got really quiet. Now, it's not common. Not that there's a lot of noise in the woods, but there'll be a bird here and there, a squirrel chirping. Yeah. Mind you, squirrels chirp from the tops of the trees to warn other squirrels, hey, there's something headed your way. That's what they do. They alert each other. Okay. So it goes completely quiet. And then back about, I don't know, let's say 100 yards to my side, doesn't matter what side or where, a squirrel starts chirping in the top. I'm like, oh, this is weird. This is just so weird. Because it doesn't typically get completely quiet. And they started chirping through the trees, coming towards me, coming towards me. Oh, wow. Now, this story isn't going to get, it's not going to get too amazing, but for me, it does. My heart's pounding right now, and I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of um, flustered right now. And as this is happening, I decided, well, I better just stand still by a tree. I better just stand still, put your back against a tree. That way, if anything comes at you, you'll see it. It can't get you from behind. I'm standing there and, you know, trees are staggered throughout the forest. You can't necessarily get a full on view of anything because you're looking between these trees, right? Right, right. And as I'm watching, as I'm watching through the trees, something about from eight to 10 feet tall. This is just, it's been a while since I've told this story, man. From uh, it was tall, it was tall, and it was walking upright, standing upright. Didn't look like an ape, like some people might say. Okay. Didn't look like a bear because bears don't walk the way this thing. It walked very humanoid. Mm-hmm. It looked, it walked extremely humanoid. It never looked at me, but as it passed through the trees, it had hair. Let's say, um. Oh, maybe four to five inches in length. And it was wavy and and a medium to dark brown. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I was absolutely in awe, of course. Well, sure. Because I had to think to myself for a moment, wait a minute, maybe I'm just seeing the back end of an elk. Because the back end of an elk has five inch long wavy. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's got a white butt. <laughs> right. It's got his white. Right. Right. right? 
And I was thinking, well, maybe I did see a bear. No, Oregon, Washington bears, they're black bears. They're really not big, much bigger than a, than a St. Bernard. They right. really aren't. No, Even if not. it stood up, it might be five feet tall, six if feet that. tops. Right. You know, if right. that, they're not very big. Right. And it walked past me. God, I wish it looked me in the eye. Mm. I wish it looked me in, looked me in the eye. But so it walked past and I just stood there with my back to the tree. Right. Staying safe, having problems breathing properly. (laughs) Right? Because you have to all these things go through your mind. Is it going to get me? Right. Is it are there more? Are there more going to come around from behind? What's going on here? All the crazy things that go through your mind. I just stayed there and you know, I wanted to run back and go, Dad, Dad, wake up. You're not going to believe what I saw. Yeah. But what, but I also had to weigh that. What if I do turn to run and bump right into one in the chest? Right. right. Well, very, very true. Good point. I've, I've read some books on the subject. And I do live in the Pacific Northwest. This is part of our lives, isn't it? It's oh, Pacific Northwest lore. Of course. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm still kind of, I'm sorry I keep putting my head down. It's oh. because I become overwhelmed. Yeah. I, I get overwhelmed with the, with the memory. Yeah. I you, get it. You know, I get it. Uh, there is so many uh, documented encounters that uh, it matches the same sort of uh, reaction that you did. I don't know if they can uh, throw off a kind of intimidating sort of, you know, in awe, right? Or if yeah. it's a natural instinct to see something eight to ten feet come walking through the forest. Uh, right. So many documented cases that way, though. I mean, so when you're when you're telling the starting to tell the story, you know, I'm head, you know, bobbing up and down like a bobblehead because I'm like, this fits into everything. And when you're talking, and when you were talking earlier about Mount Shasta, Mount Shasta is just a hotbed of everything uh, from Sasquatch and especially UFOs. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Real. So, and we'll get into we'll get into that a little later. <laughs> Yes, we will. Uh, Johnny, I, I want to say I appreciate how you're explaining and describing this. I had a Bigfoot encounter when I was a 12 year old, and I can say yeah. unequivocally that sensation is so real to me because your eyes don't know what your brain is getting. It's like your eyes are seeing something, but your brain is not connecting dots. It's not the normal. Mm-hmm. It's like you might as well be looking at a unicorn. It's something that you've never seen before. It doesn't fit any pigeonholes of your brain that you're used to. And there is a sense, there's like an energy field that they carry with yeah. them that is so much larger than they mm-hmm. are. As big as they mm-hmm. are, they're, they're, I don't know if it's aura. I don't know if it's their soul. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's very pronounced in, yeah. in their breath. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you get that sensation that someone's walking up behind you, it's that times 10. I mean, it's... Mm-hmm. it's it just whacks you it's it's incredible so yeah yeah. i i totally feel what you're saying and it's hard to explain and and it's there's nothing else like it there really really isn't right you know know, um may i yeah and i kind of i i feel as though it is this uh let me talk about human for a moment sure male female 
we put off pheromones, right. hormones, and what have you. Men become attracted to women when women put off a pheromone that says, I am prepared to procreate. Right. It does a thing to the man. It, it's, it, we, it, we receive it whether we want to or not. Yeah. The same thing happens in the opposite. Right. Men put, off, put out hormones that terrify other men and let them know I'm not the one to mess with. Right. The same thing happens in just about every other species. Right. Okay. An elk herd, the young ones know you do not even come near that big bull because right. he will harm you. And they know it by the smell yeah. and they know it by the body language and they know it by there's some kind of pheromone happening, some kind sure. of pheromone. And I think possibly they have, they're putting out some kind of, okay, like on the back legs of many animals, they have glands that oh, put sure. out these scents that affect the psyche of the other animals. Okay. And I get the feeling that that's what's going on with Sasquatch is that they're putting out sense. such a heavy amount of this thing that goes into your psyche. Right. And like you said, an energy, maybe even an, you could call it an energy, but that is an energy. Okay. That's an energy. And perhaps that's, that's what's going on that makes us just so overwhelmed that what the hell is going on? Excuse sure. me, what the heck is going on? No, and so. Yeah, so let me just finish up the story real quick because I wasn't even done yet. Yeah, go for it. So it walked, on, it walked on after I calmed myself down and I couldn't hear it any longer. I did pursue it. I did pursue it for only about 50 feet, not very far. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't have any clay with me. I didn't have any plaster of Paris. Mm. There were footprints like this. Oh, Humanoid oh, footprints oh, wow. in the dirt. And it was dirt. It wasn't pine needles. It was dirt. And there was humongous footprints. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So when I saw the footprints, I knew to myself, I saw Sasquatch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough, uh, when I did the old radio show, uh, we had Cliff Barrickman on from, uh, what, Hunting Bigfoot or Finding Bigfoot on Discovery okay. Channel, and he, uh, yeah. I was lucky enough that he brought me in a huge cast, uh, plaster cast, and I tell you, you're right, it, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Uh, right. It can only be, uh, it can only be what we call, you know, Bigfoot or Sasquatch or whatever, you know, other civilizations have called something like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, did you notice uh, as the overwhelming sense of awe was going, did you notice a change in the atmosphere, like a heaviness to the air? Because uh, there's been a lot of, again, a lot of documented cases where they talk about how the air is just heavy. I, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, I did. Now, I'm going to, I, it's, I can't say for sure I did, but that goes along with how everything became quiet and the overwhelming feeling. That's, that's, like, that's like barometric pressure, man. It's just like barometric pressure pushing down on you. Yeah, yeah it's just, wow. Uh, you know, uh, uh, being in the punk rock band as well, you know, uh, we wear those vests with all the patches and the studs and the spikes on it. Right. And people send me their patches and what have you. And I'm just going to reach to my side here real quick and grab something real fast. 
And out of all the nonsense I have on this jacket, which yeah. is all my punk rock stuff and what have you, on my back shoulder. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I saw Bigfoot. That's yeah, very yeah. cool. That's right? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, very man. nice. Uh, just your your experience, man, just jibes so much with other experiences. I have no doubt that you ran into a, a Sasquatch. That that Absolutely. is just incredible story. Uh, and uh, you know, you always want to ask questions like, "Oh, did you talk to it, or did you yell at it, or this and that?" But when you're in the moment, man, you know, and when you, you get that heaviness and that sense of awe, you ain't like gonna ask him to, you know, do the Gettysburg Address for you. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, communication at that point is probably the furthest thing from your mind. Right. It's you know, I, I think the only thing you can think of at the moment is keep breathing. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is incredible, man. Uh, now you were uh, you have some other experiences of a different nature, and again, the, these are uh, subjects near and dear to my heart. Uh, I, uh, you know, I uh, was lucky enough to be mentored mentored by the late great Art Bell, and uh, uh, and so when when I listen and I process this stuff, again, it makes me salivate and the uh, antennas go up. It's great. <laughs> So let's talk about some of your other experiences. I, I let's do now, now. Before I begin, I'm gonna let you know that this story is going to have a surprise ending that is absolutely shocking and amazing. Okay. 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 I grew up in Portland, Portland, Oregon. Um, I grew up in a little neighborhood called East Moreland, a very nice, beautiful neighborhood. Okay. Very wonderful. I grew up about three blocks from a place called Johnson Creek. There was a park down there. Big now. This was this was wilderness when I was a little kid. Right. I'm 57 years old. Okay, we're talking a little kid. Okay. This is back when you know the truth. You know what it really was back then. You get up in the morning. Your parents kick you out. Don't come back in until the streetlight comes on. Right. 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 So. Exactly. We, right? So we were off fishing and playing and stuff all day, just giving a setting of the neighborhood and, and the feeling. Right. Um, nighttime comes around. It does every every day. It happens at least once every 24-hour period. When I go to sleep as a small child, I think I was asleep. I don't know. I would wake up. Sometimes I would wake up wrapped in some kind of rubbery, fleshy, honeycomb type. Okay, Johnny, take your time. Yeah, take your time, man. Take your time. Uh, you know, a lot of these experiences are very personal, and uh, sometimes you need a moment to collect yourself and, and get your thoughts in order. I keep these stories mostly to myself because people think you're, you're you know, I'm not even going to say the word. They think that you're not being honest in one way or another. Maybe you're not being honest subliminally to yourself, or you're just an outright liar. And I know what happened. Right. I know what happened. 
Okay. Sometimes I would wake up like that. Hmm. Okay. And I was being, I was being tormented by these beings. Okay. Sometimes it happened like that. Okay. Sometimes I would sit up in my bed and there'd be these little gray guys with these great big heads and glowing red eyes. Okay. And if I looked at them, because uh, I, I knew I could feel, I could feel, because I just that feeling again, right? right? I knew they were there. I knew it. This, I was a small child. Right. I, I had never heard of any of this stuff before. Yeah. I knew nothing about this. If I looked, my eyes would lock in. And it was like laser beam would connect me and I couldn't escape. Okay. I was locked in this trance and they would come in, in through the window okay. and they would take me outside and they would break, I would go up into this thing in the sky okay. and they put me in this holding area. Okay. okay. A holding area made of this strange it's like it was like tripe. Okay. Interesting. Okay. It was like a, a like a holding cell made out of tripe. Okay. That is so weird. Yeah. yeah okay. That's that's the first time I've described it that way. Okay. They would put me in this holding cell, and it would happen often. And then they would take me out and they would inspect me. Mm. And they would touch me and probe me. And I don't mean stick something up my behind. I mean, and for all I know, they were. I don't know. Um, uh, but just doing things that the way a human treats a fish when you catch one. Gotcha. Okay. Look what I got. Oh, how cool. Cameras, everybody. I just <laughs> drug this thing out of its environment by its right. mouth right. as it struggled for its very existence. And look, everybody, what I've got. Let's look inside its mouth, look inside its, its gills. Let's uh, measure it and all that stuff. That's what's happening. Wow. Lo and behold, I found, I found a way to get out of it. Okay. They don't like human urine. Oh. They don't like human urine. Yeah. It disgusts them. So I became a bedwetter. I was a bedwetter until I was probably 15 or 16 years old yeah. to keep them away from me. Sure. My parents, of course, didn't believe me. This was happening. Yeah. Um, but any as soon as I saw them through the window, and I, and I, be, I firmly believe they have select people that they do this to and do it repetitiously. They don't randomly just end up at a place and just, oh, hey, here today, there tomorrow, never see you again. Uh, they think they have a place that they have decided that on this planet that it's just it's in their chart or whatever it is. We go to this that location. That's where we do it. Okay. Right. And this went on for years and years. Um, while this was going on, I recall being on my stomach. Okay. Inside of their place. I couldn't say it's a spacecraft or a pogo stick because I was inside it. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. I do know that these short gray big headed beings 
with red glowing eyes. There were also ones with black eyes. The black eyed ones were the ones that were there doing the things to me. Okay. The red eyed ones were the ones that would lock you in and subdue you. Okay. They were the gatherers. Okay. 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 One time on my back, they stabbed me in my back with something just like a pin prick. Okay. Just like a pin prick. I had something in the in my back until about 1989 that drove me crazy. And I just, it's, yeah. imagine everywhere you go, 24 hours a day feeling like someone is walking behind you with a pin and going doink, doink, doink. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, what the heck is that? Yep. Well, I was up in Juneau, Alaska, doing some life experiences as a young man, and I had had enough. And I went and saw a doctor. He pulled a teeny, weeny, tiny, diamond-shaped crystal out of my back. I told him the story of how it got there. And he says, nah, you must just have a piece of glass in your back. I'm going, dude, look at it. And he's like, yeah, it's shaped just like a diamond. It's cut like a diamond. How in the world does a small child stick a diamond inside their back? I'm not saying it was a diamond. I'm just saying it was had those angles of cuts of a crystal. Let's call it a crystal, not a diamond, okay? okay. It had those crystalline cuts and angles. Definitely not a piece of glass. You know, if you shard off glass, it just makes a little sharp piece. Whoever created the object put a lot of work into it, made sure it was perfect, and put it where they wanted it. Right. I would call it a monitoring device. I would call it a, yeah, yeah, Yeah. a monitoring device. And I think that they would occasionally, I can only, you know, um, I can only speculate. There's times... There was times I didn't feel it, but then it would just jab. It's like they were just letting me know. Or or, or perhaps they were doing something to get a response because they were, that's what they were doing, was doing response. Sure. Whether response training or just to see what effect it would have, just like we do to mice and rats and rabbits and and the same exact thing, right? Right. Pavlov's dogs. Uh, So anyways... He took that out. He took that out and he kept it. Uh, that's that's uh, that's policy in, in practice in medicine. Okay. When you get a tooth pulled, they don't let you have it. If you get a leg amputated, you don't get to take that home with you either. You know, yeah. uh, any of that. I, you know, you don't get to take that home. That's be, that it's classified as, as medical chemical waste, biohazard. Right. Right. So they couldn't let me leave with it. I wish they had. That ended the pain in the back. And it also ended my experience with the grays. Interesting. Okay. I had never seen them again. I'd never seen them. I've never, I have not seen them. Hey, cat. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> wow. I, <ooh. laughs> right. Right. It just took the window behind me and it landed on the cord that I had plugged into the computer and everything right. jolted. <laughs> right? Okay. Where are we? I haven't seen. I haven't seen the grays since. Nice. Okay. Now let's move forward just a little bit. This is great. Oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. I have 
three lovely children. Okay. I have a daughter named Sydney, of course. She's named after Sid Vicious of the okay. Sex Pistols. Okay. And I have a son, Cooper, of course. He's named after Alice Cooper. Right. Um, yeah. So... There was a time in my life, their mother has passed away, God bless. Um, there's a time in my life when I was being irresponsible and I couldn't take care of my children. My parents were doing so. Okay. That's, that is what it is, right? Yes. My daughter, Sydney, guess whose room she was in? Uh, Mild room. Yeah. Mild room. And the most, you couldn't believe how chilling this was for me. For my parents, they're just like, okay, whatever. Sydney gets up in the morning. I was there visiting. I might have even stayed the night. I don't know. Sydney comes out of the bedroom. She goes, Grandma, why do the little men with the big heads and the red eyes keep coming to my window? Oh, boy. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Right. She was like six years old and she certainly hadn't heard it from me. Wow. That is incredible. Uh, yeah. You know, can, can we circle back just for a quick second, Johnny? When you first shared oh, yeah. that you said something, you did communicate with your parents at some point, whether about the bedwetting or, and you said it's because of. What, how did that conversation go? And did, did you guys repeat that conversation a few times? I'm sure they were worried about you. you oh, oh, many times, because many times uh, uh, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. Uh, Mom would just, because I'd wake up in the middle of the night covered in pee. Right, right. And then I'd go crawl into bed with mom and dad. Oh, right? Okay. Right? And now I've got their bed all wet with pee. Right. right? Uh, so it didn't go. Dad absolutely had, he absolutely hated it. <laughs> oh, he wasn't happy. But I would, I would explain to them what's going on. That I'm these, these aliens are coming and getting me and they're afraid of pee. Right. They don't like the smell, the taste, the feel, something about it repulses them. Right. I can't, I have to do, I have to. No, dad wasn't having it. He's old school, you know, he's right. old school. Um, no, he wasn't having it. Mom, mom coddled me and I'd cry and she'd hold me and, well, and it'll be okay. Scared. It'll be okay. You're very yeah, I, I was, I was absolutely terrified. Yes. I was terrified. Cat. I was, <laughs> I was terrified my entire youth. Okay. Yeah. I'm not the only person I know that this has happened. I have a friend that he can't even look at a picture of a gray. Yeah. He, he has a panic attack if he even sees a, a drawing of one. Oh, wow. Right. Johnny, I was going to tell you, uh, that uh, you are so not alone in this. Yeah. There has been so many documented cases of basically what you were saying and in through the window, uh, almost like the gatherers almost, or almost like worker bees where yeah. uh, it's kind of like almost a hive mind. Uh, and then the ones with the black eyes are the ones that either carry out experiments or they're, mm -hmm. they are the leaders of the team, in other words. Yeah. Uh, the, the bedwetting, again, uh, many stories of people using uh, urination as a defense mechanism to drive them away, because you're right, they seem to be repulsed, and or maybe there's something in the chemical compound that they just can't be around. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, ammonia is fairly strong smelling. It could be that. 
Yeah. Uh, Who knows? How did you, I mean, obviously you had a hard time uh, as you got older, right? Because, I mean, uh, as, as a little child, I mean, how do you process that, right? I mean, you're not you're not an adult. You can't use adult, you know, reason and critical thinking, and uh, other things that we do as we get older. Uh, how did how did young Johnny uh, process that? I'm not I'm not sure I have yet. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, yeah. to be honest, I'm not sure I have yet because I mean, you internally have to like okay, you just have to deal with it. This you just have to deal with it because once again, everybody's going to think you're out of your damn, your, your mind. So you, it's it's a hard thing to share with other people. You know, right. as a child, you tell your friends, you know, this is what's happening. Right. Uh, let me clear this off my screen real quick. Uh, this is what's happening. But of course, the kids are going to laugh and giggle, and and have, of course, some kids will believe you, and they want to come and spend the night. They want to come and spend the night. They want to see it too, you know. Right. We should make a great Stephen King film, but sure. uh, but it's not a film, is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's not. I I'm still processing it. As you saw when we be- began the conversation, I became overwhelmed. Um, I I actually started to cry a little bit. I had to uh, take a moment. Um, in the long run, that experience has shaped me into. into the character I am today. And that is someone I'm, I hate this cuss word. I don't, I'm not gonna, I try not to cuss, but I'm gonna cuss very, very badly on your show right now. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Conspiracy, conspiracy. Gotcha. Yeah. That's the cuss word. See, they turn that into a cuss word. I know. Right. They turn that into a nasty cuss word. Hush your so mouth, if Johnny, you, hush your mouth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But myself, I like to ask questions right. about everything. I don't care what you tell me. Right. You can tell me Johnny ate a mockingbird. Great. Now I'm going to do research on mockingbirds, how somebody would eat one. Do they taste good? Right. Are they passable? Do they even live in the area? Right. See, I'm going to dive into that and find out what the realities and possibilities are on all kinds of things. Research, research, research. I love doing research. You can learn so many things, <laughs> just so many things. I was doing research today and I found I was looking up my family ancestry and I found what? that our last name comes from. My, I won't give my, I won't give that. My last name comes from, mind you folks, I'm Johnny Ketchup from the band The Quits, which is a persona, okay? We're using Johnny Ketchup because I have boundaries. I've had fans show up at my home unannounced thinking hey, we're going to go party with this dude. Oh. Not happening today. It's not happening. So I'm not going to use my real name, Okay. But I will, if you guys want to do research, you can find out my real last name. Okay. I'll give you these clues. And this is from the research I've done. The very first person with my last name was in a battle with an earl in Scotland. Okay. They were losing the battle. And this champion, Vernibald, Vernibald was the champion's name took the prince during the fight, hit him 
off elsewhere in a bale of hay. And he had to take a forge pick and fork over, fork over, fork over bales on t- uh, hay on top of him to hide him. Our family m- motto is over, fork, over. Interesting. Okay, that's another clue to my last name, my real last name. So anyways, for doing so, they made him the Earl of Glencairn, which was in the area of Cooney. Okay. And watch how I'm saying my name. Okay. There are different names for places where people live. There are villages, right. Right. towns, boroughs, right. hamlets, Cooningham, Cooningham. He was the very, I'm just going to do it. My, 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 the, the, uh, I come from the very first Cunningham and there is still Cunningham Castle in Scotland today. There you go. Yeah. So that's from research. Just, you got, you got to seek this stuff out, man. Yes. Right. Agreed. agreed. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I love doing ancestry stuff. It's very fun. Oh, me too. I, I'm so into very genealogy cool. uh, because of, uh, I have a unique family history too. Uh, I'll throw, okay, I'll just throw it out there. I am the great, 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 great grandson of Ethan Allen. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, guy who uh, took over Fort Ticonderoga during the Revolutionary War. And, uh, so that's how it got me into learning my own family history. Uh, but I digress. Okay, I, I get some more questions about it. Um, when you were taken inside of uh, the holding room, and you, yes. and you mentioned that it was made of, of, of tripe. And I, I can I totally got this vision in my head I easily. Right. Um, what else was there? And also, uh, question 1A is, uh, do you, did, did you recognize any sort of tools or any sort of technology that they may have used? I don't think that I understood what tech, what their technology would have been had I seen it. Uh, listen, so that's 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 question one uh, a. Let's go back to question one. Um, uh, the oh, imagine, and I use so you know tripe is honeycombed uh, on on the inside of the, the yes. yeah okay right mm-hmm. okay yeah. It was also slippery, sticky, like honey. Okay. In a manner that you couldn't grab it and tear it, your hands would slip right off. Okay. It was intentionally made in a way where you couldn't, you could lean against it, rubbery. You could feel it. You could push it. You could pull it, but you couldn't grab a hold of it and pull it apart and rip through it. It was as though it had been covered in a thick oil. Interesting. And then you'd end up getting that all over yourself, and then you just slip around on the floor, and you can't get away it's better than handcuffs it's better than handcuffs because now you're completely covered in oil or some kind of oily thing you can't even stand up you just slip you keep falling keep falling uh, you lean against the wall and you slip on the ground uh, yeah. uh, so uh, let's go back to go to 1a now mm-hmm. technology see we have a human mind and we don't understand we think we know stuff we think we know stuff and we don't know anything we don't know a darn thing. Right. We think heart, brain, movement, lungs, gills. 
whatever it might be. Yeah. We don't think maybe a gas is a living creature. You know, it's just there's all these levels of concept that we don't consider because humans don't believe anything until they've been told it, right? right? Or shown it in a book. But there were things in there. There were things in the, I don't want to call it a probing room because that's a typical term, probe. Um, I don't want to call it a hospital room or a, uh, let's call it an inspection area. Okay, okay. There were things in this inspection area that were of shapes, um, very Giger, very HR Giger, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, In in those smooth, gray, fleshy, um, uh, it's, 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 it's not a, it's not a post, it's a weirded out, grayed, smooth thing, thing, it's not, it's not a syringe, it's a blob it's a blob that can just go and put this and and uh, it's it's yeah it's it's a hard question to answer because we as humans have stuck in our head what we believe technology is and uh, uh, i couldn't uh, how could one fathom to call something you don't understand technology or even uh, uh, you know to them it could have been uh, as basic as a stick that they were using, but to me it was so futuristic and, and there that I couldn't stand anything that was going on. Sure, in a lot of experiences, I've heard that the grays, especially the grays, uh, have almost a I guess, for lack of a better definition, we would term it like bio medical sort of stuff using using a not maybe not sentient but definitely uh some sort of bio uh you know medical sort of or bio makeup you know yeah. chemistry um i have you ever read any books by a guy named whitley streber i i'm not sure if i have i've written a lot of books but I read a lot of books, but I don't recall who writes them. I just read the darn book. Yeah, go out and get any book that he's written. His specialty is he's uh, written about the greys and about alien life. And his, to me, his research is almost uh, second to none. I mean, he, he yeah, uh, comes excellent, excellent. very scientific, uh, very uh, open interpretation of what it is you're right because humans we want to throw things in the box we want to make up a construct Mm -hmm. for it and just you know blindly follow along whereas i mean when you're when you're messing with a far far advanced civilization and technology uh your brain may not be able to throw it in a box you know uh same way i'm sure the same way that uh the, the poor aztecs and incas did it when when the spanish arrived Here's these guys dressed right. in metal, you know, with blunderbusses, yeah. something I, I don't ever see. Uh, but, yeah, I encourage you to get his books. They are just fantastic. Wonderful. Hey, Jason and Holly, do you think uh, – I don't know how long the, this interview goes, but um, or we'll just call it conversation. Uh, but 
can I ask you two to chat together for a moment? I've got to make a quick break to the side. Yep. Yes. Can we do that? Go Not a problem. Right, absolutely. There, there even is a radio term for that. That's no problem at all. It's yeah. called filler. And yeah. we uh, will chat amongst us. Holly, I got to tell you, man, uh, these two, you know, di almost diametrically opposite stories are yes. just so incredible. Uh, the uh, uh, the not only the but the feelings he believes, you know, and he very sharp uh, attention to uh, detail. Mm -hmm. I love it because uh, you know mo some people they they just throw it out as ah you know it's just whatever you know fill in the blank. But see what I appreciate as a mom is that when he talks about his resolve to deal with the situation and do anything to get away from it because it's terrifying and because it's overwhelming him and he is determined that the only way to deal with it is to pee and i can tell you unequivocally that after working with child welfare for so many years in my career that is a normal response for a kid that's scared yeah that's yeah. what kids do and the whole the whole premise of some kids have a small bladder that doesn't catch up with their bodies and that's why they went to bed forever and ever. That's one other philosophy. But when a child is expressing to you, they have no reason to lie to you, yeah. come to you and say, I'm scared out of my wits. You know, most children that are just having a body function issue learn to wash their own sheets or they learn to cope with it themselves and they deal sure. with it independently. The fact that he consistently and persistently sought help is to me a very strong evidence. In oh yeah. Itself. Just and, that alone. And the reasoning behind it too, it's not just, you know, uh, bad dreams or whatever. It is most definitely no, a defensive mechanism. Right? right. And this is vivid for him. And I think too, we can trust and understand that his mom was was responding appropriately also because right. this is her kid right. and she knows you know when you're a parent you know when your kids are full of beans and when they're they're pulling your chain you know sure. when they're yeah, genuine yeah. and when you are having a talk with your child or your child comes to you and says something you know immediately it's like when your children are babies you can tell the i'm lonely cry from i'm hungry cry there's right. a different tone and it's like right. The fact that, you know, mom is responding to this as, I am so sorry, you know, right. you know, it'll be okay. And the, the type of response that you can expect when your kid's traumatized by something. Right. I mean, in the way uh, uh, Johnny is masterfully uh, related to it, gives, gives it such a human aspect to it. Uh, because, uh, you know, sometimes you get, you get the what, where, when, uh, and not even touching on why or or what it uh, what it would have been like, you know, you lose that sort of empathy or reasoning for that uh, just to fit it into a textbook type uh, right. thing. And that's what really gets my uh, the hair raised on the back of my neck because all my hair has migrated south. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Johnny, I tell you, man. Uh, uh, your your uh, experiences drive so much uh, what I what I've you know read and heard in the past. I mean, uh, it it is just right there, and uh, you describe so much that to me is a confirmation 
right? Because obviously, I mean, if you haven't read a lot of like the or or listened to radio shows or anything about experiences, uh, yours is so much of a confirmation. You know, it, it really it really is uh, uh, so much of an affirmation of it too, and. Uh, and genuinely, Johnny, we appreciate you coming here and being brave. And I want to give a nod to you for being a brave soul and sharing, because that's part of the reason why Jason and I wanted to do this to begin with. We wanted a safe place for people to talk about their experiences, because we have all had something to share about in this situation. And it is scary. And you don't get the greatest response this one lady that's coming up in an interview said in her 80 years of life she's only had two people not laugh at her when she shared her experience and so the idea that people are willing to come on the podcast and talk about it to me is a huge blessing because we're Mm -hmm. giving a chance to get some air between i'm not sure and oh wow maybe it did really happen for other people we, right, want to right, take, yeah. we want to take the stigma off of it and and make it more legitimized because oh, yeah. in my mind, I don't have to have the science backing. I'm listening to one human being tell me something that they saw, that right. they felt, that they right. heard, yeah. and they understood. And because of my own experiences, I'm connecting with you already because I've had experiences that scared the daylights out of me that I have no explanation for. They were wrong. I should have never been scared like that. I should have never had to deal with that. I didn't have the coping skills as a kid to deal with things. And even now thinking about stuff that happened, it's gut wrenching. Yeah, it is. And and I think part of it is it's hard to deal with regular life when this other stuff is kind of hanging around in your subconscious Right. Going, you know, at any moment you could be terrified and traumatized beyond recognition. Right, right, and, right. That's and, tough to and, cover. Right. When, yeah. When Holly and I uh, discussed, you know, doing the podcast and what our mission and goals were therein. Uh, one of them is, is to let people know uh, you are not alone. If you feel alone or whatever, reach out, man, because uh, that's one of the that's one of the big reasons we're doing this show is we want to get as many stories out there and and for people to uh, have almost a resource that they can turn to. Uh, And uh, that's why when when you tell your story, I'm sitting there, you not again, not in my head like, uh, because it, it just jibes with so many experiences and other people out there may be listening to this year uh when we upload it there to the world wide web and i'm, I'm hoping wide. that's right worldwide <laughs> it's almost like a monster truck thing sunday 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 <laughs> anyway uh but I, I want them hopefully to listen to this and others uh, other episodes and feel like hey man I'm not alone. We're a part of this uh, brotherhood, sisterhood, fraternity, whatever have you, of things that just cannot be put in a box or humans just don't want to deal with, right? Right. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, uh, Jason? Yeah. I very much appreciate you saying a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Um, I have three brothers, and my elder brother, Victor, um, he, he comforted me, comforted me and believed me as a child. 
and he nice. believes me to this day. Good. And when I told him I was going to be on this podcast with you, he got so excited to finally hear oh. the story from an adult perspective. Nice. And he's been he's been on me. How do I get to hear this? When do I get to hear this? <laughs> I'm so excited. This is so wonderful. And it is wonderful because it is a taboo topic. It and is. this you have created a safe space. I've waited my entire life to have this opportunity to tell that in its entirety with pure emotion and pure recollection without being criticized, belittled, or otherwise, or otherwise. Right. Uh, so I, I absolutely appreciate you guys for doing this. You are yeah. blessing anybody else out there, like Jason was saying, like Holly was saying, hey, if you have something in your life that that is similar and you need someone to talk to, get a hold hold of these guys and and talk to them and meet people through here i'm sure i'm going to meet lots of people through here uh, and uh, and have other conversations with others Uh, here's something interesting here's something interesting i live just outside of mcminnville oregon ah i was going to ask you you. know where i'm going with that i'm going with that go there go there (laughs) It is one of the biggest UFO hotspots on the planet. Yes, it certainly is. On the planet. Yes. And they have a UFO fest here that's kind of silly and goofy, but there are people that come from all over the world that have had these experiences that gather for um, conferences and conventions and to discuss such things. I've never been there. I've lived here since 2014, and I've never gone because I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm afraid of opening up in public about it. Right. Um, uh, I, I, I am a member of, uh, uh, I'm a member of parks and recreation in my city and I ran for mayor this year. I didn't, I didn't win. I came pretty close. I'm going to try again in four years, but you know, you got to be careful about what you say in a public forum when, uh, though this is a public forum, that's great. That's wonderful. But it's it's almost like it's a private public forum, you know. Right. This right. one must seek out. We seek it out so we can find like-minded people, Correct. rather than standing at a podium in McMinnville with who knows who is who in the audience comes back to City Hall and right. says, "You got this guy running for mayor, and he's dingbat crazy." Right. No, <laughs> so. I get it. I hear you. Then, you know, yeah. uh, behind. Behind Holly and lower down is is the motto "Seek and ye shall find." Right? Uh, yeah. Can't see any chairs in the way. Yeah. Right, and be seekers, and uh, we we do have a Facebook group, so people can talk amongst themselves and open up a, a dialogue, because every, everybody has a story, you know. And yeah. I think I yeah. think it's very important. Uh, you know what I'm going to do, Johnny, for you. I'm gonna pull. That, like? I'm gonna pull executive privilege, and your show will be on this next Wednesday. Oh, absolutely wonderful! You're gonna go at the top of the line, man. Okay. Oh so, yeah. How exciting! How I, exciting! I, and say I hello see. to Victor because we're glad that you're gonna listen to your brother's story finally. That's amazing. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Holly. Holly, say hello to your wonderful husband. I talk to him almost every day. I will. I will. Yeah, he loves you, man. He does. Well, I'll tell you. Hey, what. I, want to, I want to say something before we go. I, I, yes. Uh, before we wind up, um, for those of you interested in uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Yeti, whatever you want to call it, you can call it Jim, Bill, Henry. I don't care. Um, 
If you want to seek that, please be a good person. Please be a good human being and seek it just, you know, it's something to be revered. If it's, if it's been here for all this time and cherished by native communities, cherish it and honor it. I hope everyone gets an opportunity and they get to feel this thing. I hope everybody gets an opportunity to, to experience something amazing in their lives. I hooked up with a Bigfoot group on on Facebook that had a couple meetings out here in a town next to me and it was led by two I'm going to use the term loosely gentlemen um, whose goal was to gather get a posse and hunt them oh no not cool and that is so not okay that is so not okay they wanted to prove to the world that they, they they that it existed by killing one Come on, let come on. Let's not do that, folks. Yeah. I mean, okay, great, oh, wonderful. I I get this masculinity thing or whatever we want to call it, where you have to conquer the savage beast. Oh, yeah. You can conquer it just by looking and take the whole thought of conquer out of your head. I told you people earlier. I'm a bow hunter. Guess what? In 57 years, I've only taken one animal. You know why? They're so amazing. Yeah. They're so amazing. Last year, me and my buddy had a bull elk walk within 26 feet of me. And you know what I did? I put my bow on the ground and him and I looked at each other and went, oh, it's like National Geographic, dude. <laughs> right, and we right, let right. him go. And we let him go. And it was a better experience all the way around. Yes. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah. Nice. Just Very cherish cool. and relish what you see and, and experience. You don't have to take some at home. Right. Take it home in your heart, in your head. Right. right. And, uh, you know, it's, good it's, words, it's, good words. yeah, it, it's no wonder that uh, they kind of stick to their own and don't seek out humans, because when you have groups like that wanting to go out and shoot you, you may not want to be around humanity, you know, right. and, yeah. and also when people say, well, I've never seen one. I don't know. Really, how far out in the forest did you go? Because I mean, I mean, yeah. there are so so many areas in this country that may have not even had human trod on them. You know, right. they're absolutely they're right. in some topographical map. But no one's been that far, and so I, I think uh, that the you know to, the jury is still out. But I, I you know I think eventually we will have some sort of, of, of proof of it. And I hope at that point, I really hope at that point, they treat it kindly and not, not our basic human nature to cut one down and put it on a table. And, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that we are the better, you know, at that point, we are uh, the better angels of our nature. Right. That would be good. And uh, yeah, that would be good. That would Uh, be awesome. Johnny, my man, this has been one hell of an interview, man. Yes. Uh, out of all, I've literally done a few hundred episodes, a few hundred uh, interviews uh, in my little career there, and you have uh, really uh, related and uh, really just been <clears throat> awesome. I can't even put in the words awesome guest man uh, and i hope I thank you yeah i hope in the future we can get you back on 
Um, and simply because, dude, you're so you're so entertaining that I'm just gonna say, hey, welcome to Midnight Alchemy, and I'm turning it over to you for the whole show, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll just sit back with a frosty beverage and. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah. Before you leave, before we leave, here's an idea, and you think about this, okay. Midnight Alchemy. I'm in a touring band. Perhaps we could work together and somehow Midnight Alchemy, their Facebook and or other connection could be maybe on the bottom of our banner behind the band or something. Who knows? Maybe we could have t-shirts, band t-shirts that on the back say sponsored by Midnight Alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sensing a little cross promotion here, man. I'm, I'm yeah, ready yeah. to go, but yeah, I, I love, and that's the other thing. I mean, we talked about it before: build relationships. Yeah, absolutely. We are all yeah. we are all a family. We are brotherhood, the sisterhood, of fraternity uh, uh, of like-minded individuals. Yes, yes, and, yes, uh, yes. I, I, I love it, man. All right, uh, Holly, do you have any last words? Hold on to your butts. There's lots more good stuff coming. Excellent, and public service Excellent. announcement. If you're going to hold on to your butt, please use both cheeks. <laughs> All right. All right, folks, we have reached the end. We're going to go right off into the sunset. Uh, thank you, Johnny Ketchup, for coming on. It has been just freaking awesome. So uh, for Holly, this is Jason and Johnny Ketchup. We will see you all again very, very soon. Get on to our Facebook page. Get on to our Facebook group and become one of the alchemists. Thank you and au revoir. <laughs> <laughs>